You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Chats with Susan Burrell. I help strong, capable women who have pockets of self-doubt access their inner wisdom and clarify their own truth. This is where we have rich conversations about empowerment, radiating your brilliance out into the world and loving yourself more than you ever have before. And today I have a treat for you, a repurposed show from my broadcast radio show called Living Your Inspired Life. Enjoy. joy, everything. It's inspired young people. Inspiration comes from within you. When you clear out the garbage that's in your mind, you then create space for something better, more beautiful to come in. Let's have life and have it more abundantly. I say yes. It's like taking a workshop. I get to be in my pajamas. We have a very active imagination, which is why it's important to learn how to harness it and then point it in the direction you want to go. I listen to your show every day. It's time now for Living Your Inspired Life with Susan Burrell. Susan is no-nonsense, inspirational, motivational, and fun. This is positive talk radio. Practical wisdom for everyday life. It's a gift you give yourself. Now, here's Susan. And welcome to Living Your Inspired Life. You're listening to News Talk 1590 KVTA. And we are starting a new year. And we are going to today talk about starting right where you are, because it doesn't really matter if it's a new year, an old year, a halfway through the mill year. It as as long as you come to a place of recognizing whenever that time is that perhaps it's time to start anew and you can start wherever you are, whenever it is. It doesn't have to be based on a new year um, or a birthday or an anniversary of something. Just just ease into whatever it is and start right where you are. And and I guess I'm talking about that today on Living Your Inspired Life because that's kind of where I am at personally. And those of you that have been listening to our show a while know that I just can only speak from my experience. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It's, it's me, me, and you, the listener, today. And we're just going to have a one-on-one uh, experiential, I guess, because I've got a couple of practices that I started uh, recently that are giving me... Um, new freedom, I guess, new information from my life and and my circumstances. And so I want to share that with you guys. So, uh, but before we we dive into this starting right where you are, I want to read a quote. Um, This is from one of my mentors, Ernest Holmes. and, And it's something that has inspired me in all the years that I've been doing Living Your Inspired Life. I always pull it out and on those times where I'm a little blue or I don't know what I'm doing with my life kind of days and I read it and it and it helps me remember how I want to live my life. So I'm going to share this with you guys. Ernest Holmes says, we must learn to live by inspiration. That means that we should let the spiritual depths of our being flow through our conversation and into our acts. Living by inspiration does not mean living chaotically by that everybody he means is doesn't mean spinning around trying to get a bunch of stuff done (laughs) it means being open he goes on to say our whole purpose is to make the intellect an instrument of spirit this is what an artist does we must all become artists in living to live by inspiration means to sense the divine touch in everything to enter into the spirit of things to enter into the joy of living and so this inspires me uh for for uh, several different reasons, uh, one of which 
it reminds me to that life is about being joyful, not being oppressed and depressed and suppressed and all the pressed stuff, but being in joy and enjoying whatever it is you're doing, even if it's dishes or pulling weeds in your garden or changing a tire on the road, trying to find that place where you can enjoy it. Um, and, and the other thing in this quote that inspires me is it reminds me that my life is, can be a beautiful canvas that I can paint and create whatever I want on, as opposed to there's definite ways life is supposed to be. And if I follow all the rules, I just get to the end of the road. That, at least that's been my experience up until now is, or, or way back when. When I used to follow all the rules, I thought I was going to win the, you know, the big, big, huge, overstuffed pink teddy bear at the end of life, or the brass ring, or what, or the, or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, whatever you guys want to think about. But what I found is sometimes following the rules just gets us stuck in a deeper rut, going nowhere because whose rules are they? <laughs> and so now in my uh, wisdom ages. I realize that I I don't necessarily want to be, live by somebody else's rules. And what I'm also finding is, but I don't know what my rules are. You know, at, at a new beginning of anything, whether it's a new year or a new chapter in your life, it's a huge opportunity to reevaluate and, and decide what do I want to keep? How have I been living up until now? And what is it I want to keep utilizing or doing or expressing and what are some of the things that just need to you know get put in a garbage bag and and tossed in the recycling so or given away perhaps there's things rules you've been living by that are just they're no longer yours but it's important to share them with someone else who's going through something or your children here's the best way to be with people or you know whatever your rules are so in coming into this new year, I realized I'm at a new beginning, a new, a lot of things completed for me last year. And I imagine there's lots of people uh, going through this. I have a couple of clients where every, in fact, I had, uh, I have a friend who said, it's like everything just downshifted into first and I can't get out of first. And so I just have to be okay driving along in life right now, going really slow and really methodically, as opposed to zipping along the highway, hair, wind in your hair type of thing. And uh, and that's kind of where I'm at, is new beginnings. So starting right where you are and knowing that I am the artist of my life. I can create my life however I want. And that is true for every single person on this planet. And so, you know, so I had to sit down and ask myself the question, how, how do I create how do I want to create my life? And what is it I want to create? And so then there's a place often where we when we get bogged down in doing and spinning and often the chaos, as Ernest Holmes mentioned in that quote, when we're living in the chaos of life, we can't discern what it is that we want to create or what it is we want. You know, lots of people will say, say to me, well, what is it that you want? And I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what I want. I just, I'm, I'm just showing up. I'm just showing up. So the best way I found is to open into that creativity is to do a couple of practices that we're going to talk about today. And one is 
One is practicing forgiveness. Now, I heard a bunch of groans as soon as I said that. I heard a bunch of them out there. And believe me, uh, you know, I had a friend uh, counsel me a few days ago, you really need to practice forgiveness again, go back into like a 40 day practice of forgiveness. I was like, Oh, no. And the thing so I began it. And the thing is, is what I noticed, I am reminded again, yet again, yet again, that this practice of forgiveness is the thing that softens me up and so those rules that I think I'm supposed to be abiding by or I'm resisting against those rules that are somebody else's or often really my own imposed self-imposed rules that those begin to soften and then I can look at them and go oh you know what I don't really need to live my life that way I don't really need to fill in the blank do that thing I really don't want to do or or it just doesn't work for me anymore so and forgiveness, if you've been following us and uh, listening, and you can go to livingyourinspiredlife.org and check out a lot of the good stuff that we've been doing. I We always talk about forgiveness has to start with yourself. It's, it's not about the person you think that shamed you or done you wrong. It's about yourself because oftentimes we are our most brutal critic or, or abuser in our in our self-talk of I should I should have done it differently I should do this or man that was really dumb I'm so stupid you know that kind of self-talk or wow I ate too many Christmas cookies I'm not doing that again until next week when I do it again you know because they're still there that kind of stuff so the forgiveness practice is really powerful for opening and softening uh yourself so that you can those creative juices which is really what um, I like to call the divine urge of life that just is constantly bubbling and percolating even if you feel completely empty uh, even if you feel slightly depressed or anxious those creative juices are always bubbling and it just means well in my experience it's about taking time to slow down shift down to first gear and begin to get quiet and contemplate what is it that I am avoiding? What is it that I want to experience in this next phase of my life? What is it that I want to let go of that I need to let go of? And, and when we can get to those places of a contemplation I I have found that then things happen more it's more fluid it's more uh, then I'm more in the flow of life as opposed to oftentimes you know in my younger years I would have to try and figure it out and then I'd come up with a game plan and logistics and a plus b equals c and if I do all of these things then it'll all get done in a in a particular order that will show up the way I want it to look. Well, I don't know. Uh, how, how many people out there really, has your life shown up the way you planned it down to the, down to the millisecond? Has it shown up that way? I don't, I don't think so. I think life happens and it's up to us to be in that creative flow of life to allow ourselves to be fluid, uh, flexible, liquid enough, like mercury almost, you know, to to move with it and and create with it and express with it 
with life so that we have a life live that we're living in joy we have a life where we can sense the divine in everything that we see and touch and feel and right now it's you know there's a wintry uh thing happening all over all over north america but you can find those moments where with a just taking a breath and just looking around you where you see the divine in nature whether it's a sunset or a snowflake or a rushing river or a desert cactus that's just beginning to bloom that you can see the divine wherever you look and that's the stuff that is the inspiration to be and do something more than who you were at least it is for me at least it is for me. I, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but that, that really, that's what helps me open to my creativity. And the other thing I'm uh, working on of how to become an artist in my own life is opening to receptivity, is being receptive, being able and willing to receive. And what I'm finding is I'm getting to receive stuff that I didn't even think about. You know, it's, it's like uh, not being open to receive a la the law of attraction kind of thing where, well, I set the intention and now I'm going to receive it. You know, you hear that, that the gimme, that's kind of a gimme. I, okay, universe, I said I want, you know, a blue sweater. Give it to me now. This receptivity that I'm beginning to work with is more, again, coming off of the softening of forgiveness practices, but also then being aware, like I was just speaking a minute ago of the beauty that surrounds me, the the gifts that are already there that don't even cost anything. And I'm noticing and I, and I'm telling you right now, since I started that particular practice and we're going to, I'm going to talk to you guys about it in a few, since I started that practice, I have been given checks have been showing up in my mailbox. Wow. New clients are coming in. Wow. Not anything I plan except to be receptive and open and notice what I already have and notice what's around me that is uh, that is that beauty, is that grace, is that uh, divine creative flow of life. And in, and what also happens is when, when we open up to be receptive to life, we begin to see, of course, the synchronicities, right? This is like, you all know this by now if you've been listening to Living Your Inspired Life for as long as we've been around the synchronicities and and in fact I had a a student last night uh, who decided to take a class with me and she said well it was just so synchronistic and I was looking and going really because two minutes ago you were telling me how you had just opened up to your intuitive even more so is it is it synchronistic that I just happen to say hey I'm doing a class or is it that the intuitive within was guiding her and she was paying attention finally she was finally open and listening and not going by the mental mind, the ego construct that says, now I'm going to turn right and then I'm going to do this and just standing and being present so that when a synchronicity comes across, she recognizes that this is the divine urge. This is that divine touch that's saying, and now this is the next step you need to take. I'm hoping this makes sense to everybody out there. Following your intuition, opening to it and forgiveness the practice of forgiveness and the practice of receptivity opens us even more into that intuition, whether it's 
um, just trusting yourself or trusting others, or it maybe it's something more where you begin to, uh, we've had, we had a woman on, uh, Maria Ange who wrote a book about angels. Maybe it's where you begin to, uh, trust yourself enough to know that you're working with angels. I, Judith Orloff, who's a medical intuitive, was on our show, and she's all about intuition, and the intuition is trusting that the guidance she's receiving from the unseen side of life is something that is going to benefit the client or the patient that she's working with, and it always does. It always does. So if you're sitting here at the beginning of this new year kind of going, yeah, yeah, right, Susan, you know, whatever you say. Again, I want to tell you, it's starting right where you are. Start right now, right where you are. And if there, if you're feeling like, okay, I'm raising my hand. I started this new year going, okay, been there, done that, finished, finished that year. Now, what am I supposed to be doing? And there haven't been any major answers. So what I feel like is I'm kind of sitting or standing. It feels more like standing with a, a container that's completely empty going, all right, waiting for something to fill it up, an idea. Uh, a, a, a creative endeavor, um, a spark, an urge. And, and what's happening is everything's just kind of quiet and still. And for some people, that's really important. For some people who are going through that at this time, it's necessary. It's necessary to be in that slowness of life. That's why it's called winter when everything, all of nature kind of goes uh, dormant is to be in that place of emptiness of not necessarily knowing without any major game plan so that whatever that divine creative urges that wants to move through you can happen. There's not going to be any more clutter or uh, resistance blocks to keep it from moving forward. So, so that's where I'm at, but there, and, and there's lots of people out there I'm sure who are going, yeah, all right, but how do I figure out what I what's mine to do? How do I figure out my purpose? And what we've had a couple of really well, several actually, not a couple, amazing people that talk about um, how to find your divine purpose. Uh, they've been on Living Your Inspired Life, and you can go to the website livingyourinspiredlife.org and listen to the shows. One was Linda Howe. And she is a, a woman who's been doing, I don't know, I think it was 30 years of work with the Akashic Records, which is this kind of library in the unknown. But, and I, and I made that sound kind of woo, but I, I do know, I do believe that it exists. And she's done stuff with these records. She's been able to access them and help people find out and really follow their true purpose here on earth while they're here instead of wandering around butting their heads against a, a brick wall going, who am I and why am I here? Linda Howe helps people figure that out. And, and her book, which is called Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records, Taking Your Life from Ordinary to Extraordinary, that book is a really great tool if you haven't gotten it, a really excellent, excellent tool. And then another guy that we had on the show, Reese Thomas, who is all about finding your life's purpose. He has a ma an amazing book called Discover Your Purpose, How to Use the Five Life Purpose Profiles to Unlock Your Hidden Potential and Live the Life You Were Meant to Live. I always wanted to live the life I was meant to live. Kind of didn't think that the life I've been living was the life I, meant, I was meant to live but now that I'm 
wiser. Now that I'm in those wisdom years, I can look back and go, wow, I have always been living the life I was meant to live. And Reese Thomas's work in his book helps you comprehend that, oh, yes, indeed, I most likely have been living parts of my life in accordance to the purpose I was here to do. And you can then utilize uh, information in his books to kind of clean out again, clean out that garbage, clean out those weeds, clean out the stuff that cluttered what your purpose is so that you can really be on task about it. Again, it's just starting right where you are. So I have another quote by Ernest Holmes that says, the law of life says that whatever you mentally affirm and at the same time become inwardly aware of, life will create for you. So it goes back to, it's not just about affirmations, which we talk about a lot on living your inspired life. It's about really feeling it in your gut as well as so that the two work in tandem, the emotional and neurological connection to whatever it is, your purpose is, whatever it is, that thing that you want to become or you want to achieve or you want to uh, be has to be connected that with a positive affirmative statement and the emotional fire to power it and make it into a reality without a lot of effort I said make it into reality it, it doesn't take a lot of effort it just takes really being consciously aware within yourself so sometimes these times of uh, not knowing and emptiness are profoundly valuable to reconnect with yourself um, so that your inner wisdom and your intuition can guide you and you're not just going wow that was really synchronistic wow, I just got a parking place. Wasn't that really kind of interesting? No, we can create the life. We can be the artist in our lives. And Ernest Holmes goes on to say, an affirmation is not an affirmation unless it's inwardly believed in. Hence, your intelligence, your will, and your feeling must agree with your affirmations if they are to have real power. So your mind has to agree with your your intuition and your mind has to be powered by that emotional agreement that yes this is indeed what I want and we often have blocks I think I wanted to win the Powerball (laughs) I think I wanted to win that billion dollar lotto but the thing in my gut is going oh no what that would be way too much oh no what would I do with all that oh no that you, you know so whenever there's a feeling that uh in your gut kind of your 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 gut does a flip flop that's a good sign. That's a good physical indication that you're not in agreement with what it is you're affirming you want. I had somebody say yesterday, well, you know, I've been buying lotto tickets, but I haven't uh, really been going to look and see if I won. Do you suppose that makes a difference? I'm thinking, what are you wasting your money buying a lotto ticket if you're not even checking to see if you won? I, I don't get it. So <laughs> so if, if what you think it is that you want doesn't engage in a, in a positive and happy, joyful way. It engages your physical being in a, in a kind of fight or flight fear factor uh, in your stomach or your breath or your heart races. Then you got to double check and see, is that really the thing I want? Maybe that's not what I want. Or maybe I need to chunk it down. Maybe I need to downsize the idea for a while until I get used to it, it especially if it's a big thing, you know, like a bazillion dollars. Wow. That's a big thing. Maybe we need to chunk it down. 
So in accessing our creative abilities and becoming the artist of our life, um, I want to invite us to do a, a forgiveness chant. It's called Hoponopono. It's um, a chant from the Hawaiian Islands on forgiveness. It's a hu- ancient Huna prayer. And um, my friend Jennifer Ruth Russell, who's been on the show, and you can listen to her show on Living Your Inspired Life, um, put the words of this chant into music, and it's very contemplative. It, it, this is We're going to run it about five minutes. I'm going to guide you through it. So you can listen wherever you are. Just take a moment to sit for five minutes and just listen to the chant and allow it to uh, do some work. So we're going to start the chant right now. And what I'm going to ask ask you to do as we're starting this chant is focus on yourself. So taking just a deep breath, breathing in, and allowing yourself to be. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. Please forgive me. And softening your heart to yourself. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. Please forgive me. Now say yourself in your heart. Say your name to yourself. this time to forgive anything large or small you may have done or said or thought. Perhaps shifting to a person in your life you need to forgive.
saying that person's name to yourself. Give yourself this time to experience forgiveness. And allowing yourself to rest in that feeling tone of a softened heart, perhaps a little fuller, filled with love. Allowing yourself to be in that place of recognizing that in this soft and open heart, full of love, I can forgive myself for whatever it is I did or have done. I can forgive the individual I've been holding things against feeling harmed by resentful of whatever those feelings are this uh, this prayer chant is is powerful it sounds very simple the words and everything but when used regularly it it just takes away so much of the pain and those bricks that you've uh, piled up with mortar it just makes everything dissolve at, at least in my experience it's the Ho'oponopono uh, chant and it's by my friend Jennifer, Jennifer Ruth Russell and you can go to her website jenniferruthrussell.com and, and uh, get a copy of it you can download it to your phone and listen to it uh, when you're driving even it's it's not going to harm you if you listen to it when you're driving I was walking today and I was uh, singing it in my head making it a mindful practice so that um, my mind wouldn't spin into all those other nasty places that it likes to go when it's unattended. <laughs> so that's that's the forgiveness uh, practice that I invite you to, to uh, begin. I'm doing it for 40 days. 
Oh, brother, I'll let you know how that goes at the end of 40 days. But I, again, I've already noticed that um, I'm taking better care of myself. I am uh, also finding that some of the people that I've been naming as wanting to forgive are softening uh, their attitudes and and kind of not participating in my life anymore, which is actually can be a good thing. So um, I invite you just to explore it, play with it and and see how it works for you. And if you are getting benefit out of it, please email me uh, through livingyourinspiredlife.org and, and give me some feedback. Let me know how it works for you. So uh, and so the other thing that I said earlier that I'm I'm practicing starting right where I am in that empty space of not knowing what this year is going to bring for me is uh, a practice of becoming more receptive. And I didn't really know what that meant, except I, I did a, um, I was gifted a session by Susan Lustenberger, who was on our show while just a little while ago. Uh, and she actually has shared with me that she had started this practice of receptivity. And, um, and when she mentioned it to me, I was like, well, I'm not really sure what that's going to get me. <laughs> receptivity, hello. But uh, <laughs> but I thought, you know, there was that inner um, thing in my gut that said, you better try this. This is something you need to do. I was like, all right. So what Susan said is, well, but basically, we're there's so many good things that happen to us in the course of a day. And if we've got our eyes downcast and our, our attitude kind of like Eeyore, you know, we're not going to see the good stuff that's already there. Like I was saying earlier, we're not going to see the good stuff that comes to us without us even trying, without us even asking. And part of this receptivity practice that I began, because Susan Lestenberger suggested it, um, is I've noticed that I am now becoming aware of the daily good that's in my life that I don't even have to work for, like a sunrise, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, what I did, and and you can, it, it, this is very easy. Uh, what I did is I, I like to color coloring books. I like to color mandalas, and there's lots of mandala coloring books out there now. Um, but you can do your own thing. You can draw your own picture. Um, Susan said what she did is she drew a sun because the sun and the light of the sun is very important to her. Um, I colored a mandala uh, that I just really enjoyed doing. And then I wrote the word receptivity on that paper. And I put it up on a wall in my office. Actually, I have sliding uh, mirrors. I put it on a mirror, believe it or not. And then uh, what Susan said to do next is get those little post-its and you write down what the gift is that you've received. Whenever you receive a gift out of the blue that you didn't expect. Now, this also means like a cup of coffee, a friend buys you a cup of coffee or lunch. You write it down, lunch with so-and-so, and you put it on that post-it and you put it on your receptivity paper. And I just started this this week. I already have a bunch of post-its up there because all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, that's a good thing. I ended up running into a friend in um, in Ojai where I used to live and we went out to lunch and I was so happy and so excited to see her that I put it on a post-it, had lunch with so-and-so. I'm. It was so much fun. Consequently, I will tell you I have received money in the mail. I've already received two checks and I've only been doing this four or five days. 
I received two checks out of the blue, out of the blue people. So this is about receptivity. It's, about, it, it's a great way to kickstart your ability to receive. It's also a form of a gratitude practice, I think, because I realized in my state of um, my current state of kind of being empty and open uh, to what's next universe tell me what's next um, that I really I did because I don't have plans because I'm not doing a bunch of stuff I wasn't really sure what I was going to receive you know I don't have clients lined up right now or any of that so doing the gratitude or the recognition of the beautiful sunrise or the lunch with a friend or um, grateful for what is happening in my relationship or my parents or my son and putting those as post-its on there activated the money law. It activated that, that circulation law that opened me up to be more receptive to receive some cashola. So you know, those of you that were buying the lottery tickets, I recommend you do this instead. Do the receptivity board and notice what you already got. Notice what's already coming in. Notice, you know, even if it's a regular paycheck, well, picked up my paycheck today and cashed it, put it on your, and write the amount, the dollar amount on that post-it. When you receive something, write the dollar amount. In fact, it might even be good to write the dollar amount of the lunch you were gifted and put it on that post-it. So you can see how much abundance you already have, how much abundance is, in, is increasing in your life and be open to receive it. And it, it, it's combined with the forgiveness practice. It's pretty powerful. You, know, you can do one or the other, but why wait? Why wait? Why not do both? Right? I mean, even though I'm, talking to a bunch of people who have said that things have slowed down this year at the beginning of this year everything kind of just went quiet this year from what everybody's saying now everybody who's everybody it's like the they right what they are saying is that this is going to be a very fast and powerful year of actualizing our dreams and so taking a few days or weeks to do some sort of con contemplative practice a mindfulness practice at right now at the beginning of the year I think is important because when it when things really gear up and take off you're not going to be <laughs> you're not even going to be in the fast lane you're going to be in the supersonic lane when this stuff starts happening so take the time right now to start right where you are and be with what is as it is and and do both of these spiritual practices, forgiveness and receptivity, so that as you're letting go with one hand, if you will, you can be open to receive with the other, because that's actually the law of circulation anyway. It's not the, the law of attraction is like kind of a one-way thing. It's coming to me, but you have to circulate it. So you've got to forgive. You've got to let go. You've got to be fluid in that in that letting go-ness, that letting go part, and then be fluid in the openness to receive and allow that good that comes through to circulate. So uh, I have another quote by Ernest Holmes, again, my mentor. And um, he said, no greater good can come to you than to know that the power already within you is the power to live, the power to create, not only to create for yourself, but for others. 
the power to do good, the power to heal, the power to prosper. You are to realize that the power within you is a divine authority and it is a dispenser of divine gifts. So those divine gifts can be your, you know, your, your check that came out of the blue. Those divine gifts can be that sunset. Those divine gifts can be a friend and lunch without you planning it. And again, we, on Living Your Inspired Life, we've had lots of people that are doing amazing work in the world just by recognizing that they are here to create not only for themselves, but for others, to do be of service to others. We had Nipun Mehta on and um, a couple of his people that are doing generosity work in the world, which if you listen to those, they're, they're just, they really make you pause and think, okay, what, how can I be of service in the world? There's, uh, we just had Timber Hawkeye on again, um, Buddhist boot camp author, and now faithful, fully religionless his next book and and if you listen to any of those shows you'll get a sense of wow where could I stretch a little bit more and be of service or where do I need to focus put my focus so that I can that gift that I want to be in the world that power for good that I want to be or that power to heal whatever it is that I'm feeling uncomfortable about in the world can can happen um and then we've also had, uh, we had Denise Abdenur, who is a professional organizer on the show. I invite you to listen to her show and, and contact her because what Denise does is she helps people not just get organized, but get clear, get focused, um, really see what it is that they want to keep in life. And if you're starting right now where you are, maybe there's something that you need to, maybe you need help in organizing or uh, sorting or throwing things away so that you can stand open and receptive and empty to be filled up again in this new year with whatever it is that the divine is calling you to do or be. Um, Denise is powerful. We also talked to uh, Brant Courtright, who's written a book called The Neurogenesis Diet and Lifestyle. And that book really... uh, opened my eyes to some things, some practices that I needed, I am beginning to implement now of diet, changing my diet, because I want to live a long and healthy life. It actually runs in my family, the longevity. And I want to make sure that I'm vital and strong and healthy as I'm doing that longevity gig. So uh, we had other people on talking about wealth. Uh, Margaret Lynch, we, I just started a book study on her book called Tapping into Wealth, and she uses the uh, emotional freedom technique of tapping on acupressure points on your body to help break down and short circuit the fight or flight response that occurs when our, when we think something's happening to us, when our emotions engage and we get fearful. And so tapping helps break down the barriers to our belief system about money. And at least that's how Margaret's focused the her work with tapping. And um, I have no doubt that tapping into wealth is going to open me up to more wealth. I know that my receptivity board is going to have tons and tons of dollar signs on it. I already know it. So that's Margaret Lynch. And um, and then we had uh, 
KC, Christopher Carter, who has a new website that just launched uh, late last year called This Epic Life, thisepiclife.com. And KC's asking the whole question of how do you integrate your your mindfulness practice, your spiritual life with your business and, and in fact make it one instead of two separate things. How to become more integrated and immersed in who you are and to uh, allow yourself to express it out in the world in um, in whatever ways that you're being called as large, you know, be, becoming as large as we're called here to be. We're, you know, there's the phrase bigger than life. I think we are actually here to be bigger than life. I think we are actually here to be all that we can be. And that's bigger than what we thought life was. And that's bigger than what our parents thought life was. And we certainly see that in all the technological advances that have occurred over the last couple of several decades, you know, that's bigger than life. It's bigger than what we thought we could do with the computers and now the cell phones and pretty soon there'll be, I don't know, uh, microchips in our minds so we don't even have to have a verbal communication if we don't want to. Who knows? But that's bigger than life. And why not be all that you can be? And why not investigate that? And why not do some of these practices that we talk about on Living Your Inspired Life um, to see what works for you, what opens up a new door that you didn't think was going to be there? One of the things that I do with my, my group is every year when we start a year, each person comes up with a word for the year, what they want their guiding uh, principle to be so that when, if things go wonky, they can go, oh yeah, and my word was, and so I'm going to go back to that. So my word for this new year is creative harmony. Okay, that's two words. I know I can never do just one word. I tell everybody else to do one word, but I can't. Creative harmony. I mean, I talk for a living. Hello. But some other people's words were clarity, well-being, possibility, generosity, happy. So maybe you might want to contemplate as you're doing the forgiveness practice, because I know you're going to do it now that I talked about it. And as you're doing the receptivity board and sticking those dollar signs up there with buku commas after it, what's your word? What is it that you want to guide yourself by and with and because throughout this next year. And and it's very helpful because when things get wonky, you can go back to it. Go, wow, I was claiming creativity and harmony this year. I'm I'm kind of off course. Or wow, I was creating creativity and harmony and look what I just made and did and how good does that feel? So living that life of joy, why not pick a word that will bring you more, allow you, and it's not bringing you things that you don't have. It will allow you to uncover the stuff that you already have within you. And so I'm going to read another quote by, by Ernest Holmes. Although we are brought back to this fund, always we are brought back to this fundamental truth that life is a mirror and that external happenings are objective correspondences of inner contemplations. I'm going to say that again. Life is a mirror and external happenings are objective correspondences of inner contemplations. Our external world is not external at all. It is all internal, but contained within a cosmic mind to which each of us has a kinship. So what that says to me is that even though I think there's stuff happening outside of me 
that's causing me or affecting me or um, coming to me. It really is an objective correspondence to my inner thoughts and desires. And if my inner thoughts are chaotic and um, unhappy, then I then stuff is going to show up in my awareness, whether it's a TV show or an individual that that I feel might be causing me my unhappiness. Folks, that's not there is no one outside of us that can make us unhappy. And and the opposite of that, the flip of that is that there's no one outside of us that can make us happy. Only we can make ourselves happy. Only we can make ourselves healthy and wealthy and well because it all happens and resides within us. It's an internal contained within a cosmic mind and we are one with that. It is that divine presence. So when you're thinking that something's happening to you or even when good is coming to you, it is because you've been doing that inner work. You've created an inner awareness like I was speaking earlier to of not where you go, oh, wow, look at the synchronicity of that. Isn't that cool that that just happened? Where you get, wow, I really unloaded some bricks and mortar and I'm now open to receive the thing that I never thought I would receive because I'm open to be that vehicle. I'm open to be that receptacle. And, um, and just noticing when things happen in your world of effects that it is what it is is a mirror can be very confronting sometimes when you don't like what you think you're seeing can be really upsetting sometimes when you think what you're seeing is a really awful thing that was just happening to you or someone you care about but is always uh, an opportunity to look within to take that mirror within and have it reflect to you what is it that I need to pay attention to now? What is it that I need to look at? What is it I need to let go of? Who do I need to let go of in order to make more room for me to be happier and healthier and wealthier and well? So starting right where you are this year, I'm going to read you one more thing. And this is by a man named, well, I might even read you two things. I don't know. This is by a man named Howard, Howard Thurman, and he's written several books. Um, this is from Meditations of the Heart, and it's called A Person Becomes Their Vision. So I want you to kind of hold this in your mind as we uh, begin to wind down living your inspired life today. Howard Thurman says, It is always miraculous to see a vision take shape and form. There may be no limit to its fabulous unfolding, rich in all the magic of the fantastic. A vision may be held at the focal point of one's mind and heart until it takes over the total process of one's thinking and planning, until at last one becomes the living embodiment of what they vision. This is the first miracle. A person becomes their vision. Then it is that the line between what they do and are and their vision melts away. A new accent appears in how they think. The signature of their vision must guarantee the integrity of their every act. In some ways, they seem to be possessed. And perhaps this is true. 
The second miracle appears when the outline of the vision begins to take objective shape. Now that means in the outer world, when your vision or your idea becomes a reality. And he goes on to say, when it begins to become concrete and to take its place among the particular facts of life. This means that something more than the person becomes the embodiment of the vision and others begin to see the manifestation and to feel the pull of its challenge. In turn, through sheer contagion, they relate themselves to it and its demands. If the embodiment takes the form of a community, it means that at the center of the community, there is a living pulsing core, which guarantees not only flexibility, but also a continuous unfolding in an increasing dimension of creativity. So as we create everybody, as we become clear on what it is we want and how we want to be and becoming the artist in our lives, we will begin to develop a larger community of people that see the vision, that are caught up with what it is we're attempting to do here on planet Earth. Howard Thurman continues to say, it is the very nature of such a vision that it grows. It continues to grow, to develop, to find ever more creative dimensions. Hence, the vision can never be contained in a life, however perfect. So it is with the community with which it's embodied. It must always maintain its dynamic character and its great, greatest significance must ever be found in the new heights to which it calls all who share its contagion. So if this year is, is amping up to become something really spectacular and amazing, it might be time to really sit and vision envision what it is that you want and how you really want to be expressed in in this year and I encourage you to become the artist of your life know that you are the the creator and you are the person with the paintbrush or the pencil or the uh, mouse doing the graphics you are the one and so your life through the practice of uh, forgiveness and the hapono pono pono chant and the receptivity board, you can create the life you were meant to live. So I'm finishing it with an Ernest Holmes quote. It's short. So just uh, hang in there. Every act of life should be a magical rite filled with wonder. Every coming event should arouse pleasurable anticipation. Whatever we do, the whole of us should be engaged in doing it. There is no half measures to living. Life itself has no adversary. It has no limitations. And so I'm going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our chat for today. Thanks for joining me. And if you want to learn more, go to susanburrell.com. You can contact me through the website. There's blogs for you to read. There are videos to watch. And remember, I am an intuitive healer and spiritual guide at the crossroads of life. And I would be more than honored to help you on your journey to live an empowered life. And so it is. Namaste.